John 19 this morning is where our text will come from. John 19. And uh, you bless me every time you sing that song, brother. The anchor holds. It does. And the only reason it holds is because of who holds it, who the anchor is. And uh, John 19, uh, this is some text. I don't know if you can see in my Bible, it's just highlighted all the pieces. The pages are about to come apart where I've highlighted it so much and marked it. But this, this story, and, and it's throughout the Gospels, the story of Christ, what I want to preach on this morning. Good stuff. It's what this whole thing's about. The whole book you have in your hands is centered around the story of Christ. Uh, from Genesis to Revelation, even on to the maps. song we used to sing... Uh, when I was a kid, I, I believe in the blessed book uh, from Genesis to Revelation. I believe it all. And it all is centered around Christ. So John 19, stand if you would when you find your place. We're going to read just the first 11 verses, and then we'll continue. We'll probably end up reading all of John 19 and some into John 20. The Bible says in John 19, verse 1, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said, And saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him, and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto, unto thee hath the greater sin. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. God, we pray for these people that have been added to our prayer list this morning, those uh, facing circumstances and situations that maybe we don't exactly understand. God, we know that you do. We know that you've allowed everything that's take, taken place to happen. Lord, nothing takes you by surprise. And Lord, although we will not understand that on this earth, we pray that we would just know that you're in control. God, we love you. We thank you for being the anchor that holds us down for this son that you've given. God, his blood shed for the propitiation of our sins. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to Preach to you this morning for just a moment the thought of the care of the cross. The care of the cross. Much care went into the cross. Uh, the cross that our Savior was nailed to. Uh, crucifixion was not an uncommon thing in the Roman East. It was 
a, a common thing that took place, and uh, that was a way of, of, of executing a sinner uh, against uh, the, 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 the Caesar of the day. And we know that that was, the, uh, it was an effective tool to be used to kill someone. But the cross that our Savior was nailed to, it wasn't a sinner's, it wasn't a sinner's cross in a literal uh, sense. It might have uh, been a sinner's cross uh, figuratively to the people to look at it and see and know that, oh, that's, that's what they do with sinners. But, but he took that cross and he cared for you and he cared for me. And he, t- he died a death of a thief. He died a death of a, of a sinner. He died a death that he did not deserve because he cared for you and he cared for me. Me and, uh, me and Judd, we were having our little meeting this morning. We were just talking and, and fellowshipping together and going through studying some things. And Judd brought up to me about how the, their family had been studying about obedience and how it's important that we be obedient. And... It was our Savior, I'll tell you this morning, that was obedient to his Father, that he came to this earth and he was made man, God made man, that he went to a cross and that he died upon that cross on my behalf and on your behalf. It was his obedience that offers to me today salvation that I've had for nearly 20 years. It offers to you salvation that you've had throughout your life. The care on the cross was an act of obedience. The care of of the cross was a sign showing his love for you and for I. What a beautiful thing it is to see the cross. I don't like seeing the cross. And and we see other people and people do it in in Baptist churches. People do it all around. But but I don't like seeing a picture of the cross with Christ hanging on the cross. Because he come off the cross. And he was resurrected. And he ascended. I don't like seeing Christ on the cross. If I see a cross, I don't want to see anything on the cross because, hey, that's done. That's over with. That's, he's got victory over that cross. But that cross, it had great care for you and for me. He cared for us. Verse 1, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. They began to whip him and beat him. That's what you do with someone that's made an offense against uh, uh, the community, against uh, uh, someone, against people. And the Jews felt like he had offended them by saying that he was the son of God. And it was all part of the plan to uh, put Jesus before Pilate, to put Jesus before this, this, this angry crowd of Jews. It was all part of the plan. And it was just Jesus' obedience that caused him to think of us before the cross. <clears throat> he's being beaten, he's being mocked, he's, he's being scourged. Verse 2, it says, And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. They, they were mocking him. Here's your crown and here's your robe. This is the, this is the adornment of a king. They lifted him up in a, in a mocking fashion. Look at him. Look at him. But you know what? He thought of us when he was being mocked. What does verse 3 says? And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. You know who, was, who, who got a lot of, or let me think about how I say this. You know who was at the hand of being smote in this day? Who It was normal form and fashion to be struck like this in this day? It was the servants. It was the servant. You didn't strike your mom. You didn't strike your dad. You didn't strike your kids, but... You'd smote, you would smote or smite or smack or struck, strike, whatever you want to say, your servants when they didn't obey. Man, how downtrodden our Savior was. The very creator, as Chad said earlier, the Trinity, man, it can be a hard thing to grasp. We know it's true. We know it's real. 
hard thing to grasp. The very creator of the universe standing before a man that would strike him across his face. You know what? He thought of us before the cross and he thought of us when he was being mocked. If that doesn't stir up something in your soul, I don't know what will. He was being struck in the face. He was being mocked. They put the crown of thorns on his head. They put a robe about him. They whipped him. But he was thinking of us. He thought of us. Verse 4, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith, And to them, behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man. Can you imagine the scene this day? These bloodthirsty Jews. The people that his bloodline traced all the way back throughout the ages. The very people he was sent to be the Messiah of. Screaming and shouting and calling for his crucifixion. He was beat unjustly. You'll find the record that he was beat to the point where he wasn't recognizable as a man. Now little things hurt today. Little things. I had a blister starting to come up. Took my pocket knife out and cut it off. That hurt so bad. I shouldn't have done that. Man, that hurt. And that aggravated me for a couple days. And dad, my dad said, just put some salt on it. I'm like, oh, that'll make it better. Throw salt on it. That hurt for a couple days. But, Jeremy, it didn't hurt like what, what our Savior faced. You know, you break a leg, break a knee, break an arm. I hadn't done a lot of that. Broke some fingers and toes. It hurts pretty good. It wasn't nothing like the pain that our Savior faced. It was beat to a point. You couldn't even recognize him as a human being. I'm not trying to stir an emotion in you. I'm just telling you the truth. He was beat literally to a pulp, to nothing. A blood and gore mess. If you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, that, that movie that came out 20 some odd years ago now, they show a depiction of what that must have looked like. But I don't believe any depiction, Brother Joey, that we can do today can bring justice to what the scene looked like in that moment. I can't draw you a picture. I can't do, I can't, I can't do anything to show you what the scene was like that day. He was beat so badly, and they took that crown of thorns and they shoved it on his head. They didn't just place it on his head. It says it plaited. They, they shoved it on his head. I believe those thorns stuck into his very skull. And then they put the, that robe, the purple. You know what purple means? Royalty. Things don't mean much to us today. Little things don't mean much. That day, purple, that was royalty. And then they mocked him. And then they slapped him. And all the while, he thought of us. It's a little different this morning. I'm trying to let the word do what the word does and stand for itself. I don't want to get in the way of the truth of our Savior that thought of us before the cross and he thought of us as he was being mocked. It wouldn't have been any sense of pride for him to strike every person standing there dead. It wouldn't have been out of pride. He created, he created all those people. 
He created the very world that, that they were standing on. But yet he said nothing. I'm telling you this morning, he thought of you before the cross because he loves you. He loves you. Before, that, before the beating, he knew what was coming. He asked in the garden, let this cup pass from me, but it, hey, that cup, it was his to drink. He was obedient. And he goes and he's beaten and he's mocked. He's made fun of. He's slapped. He's scorned. He's scourged. Yet he says nothing. You know why? You know why? He saw Jacoby Rogers 2,000 years ago. Praise the Lord. He saw Mark Ware 2,000 years ago. He saw Margie Gordon 2,000 years ago. He saw Josh Boyd 2,000 years ago. Before the cross, he thought of me. And when he was beat to the point, he was just a heap of blood and gore. War can't even show you what he looked like. The, the most difficult, evil thing you can bring out today can't show you what he appeared to be. But he was beaten to the point he was just a heap. And he saw me. He saw you. And he thought of us before the cross. That's, that's a sweet spirit right there. If you're getting some of that, you're getting good this morning. He thought of us before the cross. Verse 6, it says, When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. He thought of us when he was being condemned to death. That verse 7 sticks out to me so much because it says, We have a law, and that law, mind you, is, is the guide for how they live and the things they do to be able to present themselves holy unto God. But also through the, the words of that law tells them that there would be a Messiah that would come to satisfy that law by which would fulfill it and it would not be need to be used anymore. There would be one blood sacrifice finally coming, a life laid down, and they would, they would have a new law. They would have a new covenant. We have a law and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. He thought of us as he's being condemned to his death. If you're lost today and you continue to reject Christ, I'm going to tell you what takes place and what's going to happen. You're rejecting the fulfillment of the law. You're, you're trying to live under something that's been done with for thousands of years. If you reject Christ by turning away from him, you're, re, you're, you're, you're the same as these Jews. But yet he, he stands there and he's thinking of you and he's wanting you and he's desiring a relationship with you and he's wanting to save you and he's wanting to redeem you. And, he's, and he stood there. He already died. He already suffered. He was already mocked. He was already spat upon. He was already smacked in the face. If you're lost, you know better than the Jew that says he ought to die. There was a day I was as the Jew that said he ought to die. It was my sins that nailed him to that cross, Brother Sam. It was my sins. There was a day where I rejected him, but there was a time where I was saved. And you'll find later in this story, after he died, they realized 
This is the real deal. This is the truth. He thought of us when he was being condemned to death. And he thought of us when he was facing Pilate. Verse 8. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was more afraid. Was the more afraid. And went again into the judgment hall. And saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. He tells Pilate, he's like, I'm allowing you to do this, brother. See, we get caught up thinking about Pilate. We get caught up thinking about Judas. We get caught up thinking about Barabbas. Do we not? Because that's who we can so easily identify with. I can identify with Judas. I can identify with Barabbas. I can identify with Pilate uh, being the one that would put him on the cross or being like Pilate and knowing that, he, th- hey, this guy, he, he's really the Savior or knowing that, that, that this guy's innocent, but yet he didn't have the moral standards to stand up uh, and, and stop this from happening. But we look at those people, we look at humans, and we think, man, what a ter- terrible tragedy. But Jesus tells Pilate, you're just part of the plan. You, you, you think you're doing this to me? Judas turns on him. Jesus might have said, oh, oh, you, oh, you think you've chose to do this to me. Barabbas is pardoned and, and taken away. Jesus might have said, oh, you, you, you think you had the power to, 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 to let him walk away? No, you're just part of the plan. You know why? He was thinking about us. He was thinking about us. He needed Pilate to be there. To tell this story. He needed these Jews to be there to tell this story. Needed these, uh, the Roman soldiers to be there to tell this story because he was thinking of you and he was thinking of me before the cross. Verse 12, And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. <coughs> When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a, pallet, in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. It's funny to me, they, they talk about the law, but yet their loyalty fell into uh, the, the Roman power of the time. That, the Roman power, that didn't come out of Israel. That didn't come out of Israel. They, th- these people, this is the picture of the lost person. A great picture of a lost person. I mean, is that not too mu- double-minded? Is that not uh, 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 somebody that's two-faced? <coughs> Verse 16, and... Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. Jesus thought of us before the cross. But look at here, verse 17. And he bearing his cross went forth unto a place, unto a place called the place of a skull, which is called into the Hebrew Golgotha. He thought of us before the cross, but he thought of us on the cross. When this verse 17, and he bearing his cross, he carries that cross. The, the picture of sin and the picture of evil of all, all humanity's creations, all the evil things that have been done is, is pictured in that cross. 
And that, that scarred and that, that destroyed back and this man that's beaten up and the man that's been mocked and, and he lays that cross on his back and can you imagine the pain that would be brought from that, that rough wood laying down on a back that's been opened up and beat to the point where it's just a heap and a mass of blood and gore and guts and everything else and he lays that on his very back because he's thinking of you. What a blessing that is. What does it say there? He bearing his cross. He was obedient, Brother Judd. He was obedient to what God, what his daddy told him to do. He was obedient to the mission given to him. And he knew, hey, there's coming a point. This is going to be over. And when it's over, we've got it done. Lord, I'm going to be obedient because I love these people that I'm carrying this cross for. I'm going to be obedient because as I lay this on my very back, this back that's hurting, this back that's pain, he was a human. He was a human. He was tempted in all ways, just like you and I, but also he felt pain just like you and I, Brother Donnie. He hurt just like we do, and he, he carried his cross, his cross. You know why? Because he took your sins. Oh, praise the Lord. He took your sins, and he took my sins, and he was made the propitiation of those sins. He, he, he took those sins, and in that cross, he carried that up to that, that hill, the place of the skull, up to Golgotha. You know what happened? They nailed him to it. They took his, his, his hands, they took his feet, and they drove huge nails through his very flesh. As if all the things that have already happened weren't enough, they nailed him to that cross. You know what? What, the, what does that verse say? He carried his cross. He took that up. You know why? Because he thought of you. When they nailed his, when they, they, they drove the nails through his hands, he looked down through the ages. Miss Judy, before you were ever born, he knew, I've got a daughter, little Judy, and I see her from this moment. And Lord, as you nail me to this cross, I can see little Judy, and I love her, and I care for her. And Lord, I'll take this sin, and you, you drive them nails through my hands, and you drive the nails through my feet, but I see little Judy. And I know her mom, I know her mom, I know her dad, I know grandma, and I know grandpa, and I love them, and I'm dying for them. He saw one day my mom and my daddy, and he said, I see Roger and I see Shannon Boyd, and I love them. And they're gonna have a little boy, his name's Josh, and they're gonna have a little boy, and his name's Jacob, and I love them. And Josh is gonna have a little boy named Riley. Josh is gonna have a little girl named Isla, and he's gonna get married to a girl named Shelby, and I love them. Lord, drive these nails through my hands because. This is my cross I'll bear on their behalf. He thought of us. He thought of you. My goodness. We ought to be, if we're ever shouting, we ought to be shouting today. But you know what? I'm humbled. I'm humbled. Because that cross, that was my cross. That was my cross. That's my sin that he put on his torn back and carried up that hill. goes on in verse 18 where they crucified him and two other with him on either side and Jesus in the midst that's funny he's in the middle of one that would accept him and one that would deny him and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews this title then read many of the Jews for the place was where, where, Jesus, where Jesus was crucified was near to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and in Latin. 
Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart. And also his coat, now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it. Look at that, that's important. Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture did they cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now, now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Jesus thought of us, of us when he was carrying his cross. And he thought of us while he's being mocked by his own people. They, they, uh, they, Pilate hangs that sign, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Uh, the, the literal, his, one of his titles. They didn't want that up there. They tell uh, uh, Pilate to take it down. Pilate didn't. And, but, but yet his people are standing there with gnashing teeth and with anger and with hatred for Jesus. And you know what? He's hanging on that cross. And I believe he looks down at that, those Jews those that are killing him, those that, that, that have called for him to be nailed to this cross, and he thinks of them. Lord, I love those people. I love those people. Those Roman soldiers that carried out the crucifixion as they nailed those nails into his hands. Lord, I love them. I see them. I know their names. I, I, Lord, I, I pray that they would accept me. I pray that this offering would be applied to them. He thinks of us on the cross as his own people. As his own people were mocking him and scourging him and calling for his crucifixion. And he also, he thought of us when prophecies being fulfilled. They cast lots for his garment. That's prophecy. That's what the word, it also said that it wouldn't be torn. It wouldn't be rendered. It wouldn't be destroyed. It's just another piece. He needed to tell the story. Tell us today that it's true. That garment, it wouldn't be destroyed. It wouldn't be parted. And then they, or they did, excuse me. Then his mother. He sees his mother. And I can't imagine. We think about. We think about Pilate. We think about Judas. We think about Barabbas. You ever heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, Did You Know? Now, that song's a sweet Christmas song. Really starts to hit home when you've got children of your own, thinking about what God might call them to do. But there's been no greater call on a mother's life than the call on the life of Mary. And she stood there and she looked at her son. She knew it was Christ when she carried him. But there's a connection 
There's a connection Shelby's got with our children I don't have. And she looked up there. She saw that son, that beloved child, nailed to that cross. The crown, thorns on his head. A heaping mess. And he thought, what did he say down there? He says, woman, behold thy son. Look at me. <laughs> this is what I was called to do. From the moment that you knew I was on my way, when the angels came down and told you that you'd have a son, this is my life's purpose as I'm clinging to this cross. This is what God brought me into the world to do. This is why God used you. She's kind of like all the other people in the story. Just a piece God needed to use. But yet still a connection. Think about looking and seeing your child. He thought of her. Isn't that amazing? She delivered him, but he came to deliver her. He thought of us on the cross. Verse 27. And saith... He to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing all things, were now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. He had went without food. He had went without anything to serve himself. But when he knew that the job was done, I thirst. This is the humanity of our Savior. I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was, not, it was, the, it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. We're talking about Jesus here thinking of us on the cross as prophecies being fulfilled. Prophecies fulfilled as they cast lots on his garment. Prophecy is now being fulfilled in this, in this point where uh, he knows all things are accomplished. He knows that he's done everything he has to do, but there's still some prophecy that's got to be fulfilled. But yet these Jews, they're so religious, they, they're, they're like... We've got to take him down. It's the Lord's day. It's a holy day. They're going to go break his legs, but they didn't break his legs because they saw he was already dead. And that fills the, the prophecy that said no bone of his body would ever be broken. Amen. He was done with what he had to do, but God's prophecy was still being fulfilled. Verse 33, it says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead, he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers, verse 34, one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. This is where, drive that point home, that he thought of us on the cross. They say 
Uh, I read a, one of the first books my grandfather gave me when I first started preaching was a book by uh, Dr. M.R. DeHaan called The Chemistry of the Blood. And I'm like, I've been preaching a week, and I'm about to read this doctor's. It, I, I, I still hadn't read it all the way through, just to be honest with you. It was a lot. But he talks about, a, I believe it's in that book, he talks about how when someone's heart is broken, you go to the point so much pain, agony, hurt, pain, the blood somehow in the body mixes with water. When they drove that spear into his side and blood and water come from his side, that was the sign and the picture that he was broken hearted. You know why? For me. He saw me. He'd give everything, every ounce, every bit of blood he could give because he saw me. He thought of us on the cross. You know why? He gave every single thing he had. And until, and until he knew it was finished, he didn't seek anything for himself. And all he said was, I thirst. Prophecies fulfilled through him on that cross. He thought of us on that cross. Finally, as we finish this morning, he thought of us beyond the cross. We're not going to leave you on a sad note. Not at all. Not at all. Verse or Chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene. In the, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark under the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then, they, then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher. And he saw and believed. For as yet he knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own house. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white, sitting, in white, sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have, have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, what does he say? Mary, Mary. If you've got a red letter Bible, he says, Mary. Now, he'd already spoken to her in verse 15, but when he called her name, what does it say? She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, what, which is to say, 
master. He thought of us beyond the cross. He knew that his obedience to God would put him uh, in a point where he was beat, where he was mocked. He, had a, he knew that the crown of thorns would be put upon his head. He knew that he would be spat upon. He knew that he would be uh, slapped in the face. He knew that he would carry that cross up the hill on your behalf and on my behalf. And he knew that his mess of a body would be nailed to a cross. And he knew all these things would happen, but he knew and he did it willingly because he knew beyond the cross he would come to those children and he would call their name and they would know that he lives. He thought of us beyond the cross. What I'm here to tell you this morning,